Ladies, at Essentia Health, you're not just a patient. You're a partner in your healthcare journey. We'll get to the heart of your health questions, even the ones you're embarrassed to ask. We'll find solutions to fit your unique needs and lifestyle, because here, we're in it together. Feel confident in your care and in yourself. Schedule a women's health appointment with an Essentia Health provider today. Click the banner to learn more. Star Wars 7x7 episode 3205. The Spies is the title of chapter 23 of The Mandalorian. It is the penultimate episode of season 3. And we've got our patented 7 takeaway breakdown here for you today. Punch it. Hey Rebel Razor, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So we'll start with the first takeaway, which is why is this episode called The Spies Plural, right? I only can see one spy in this whole episode so far, which is Elliot Kane. Who else is it? And is it a Mandalorian? Or is it someone on Navarro? Either way, somebody has ratted out the Mandalorians to let Moff Gideon know about their plans to imminently retake Mandalore. So, you know, that's takeaway number one. Number two has to do with the fact that, yes, I've been patting myself on the back for anticipating a couple of things in TV shows the last time, but... Yeah, I did not see this one coming. The idea that Moff Gideon didn't want them trying to retake Mandalore because his base is on Mandalore. Well, that was a rather shocking development, although I will say I guess I started to get a little, you know, concerned about when the Mandalorians were just progressing further underground and suddenly they were in, like, Things that seemed operational, operational corridors of areas and whatnot. And it was like, why is this the case? This is strange. There shouldn't be things up and running like that. And certainly those Mad Max-ish Mandalorians that were still living on Mandalore didn't seem like it was their technology necessarily. So I started to get a bad feeling about that when they were in those areas. And then suddenly the shock and the awe of Moff Gideon having a base there and what he's been up to there this whole time. And for a third takeaway, we gotta talk about the Shadow Council and the Warlords. That's how they're described in the credits, but they're more than just Warlords. We're talking General Hux's dad, and we're talking Captain Pelion, who was deeply associated with Thrawn in Legends and has been brought into canon in Star Wars Rebels, and we will explore more about all of that in our deep dive episode. And the Praetorian Guards and the new Dark Troopers and his own upgraded armor. It's this whole, you know, wannabe Mandalorian kind of situation, but, you know, stepped up, upgraded crazily. Like, wow, Moff Gideon really turned a corner on this one, and we found out just how dangerous he can be, and it's significant. And his casual, like, why don't we take your fleet off the board? Like, oh man, with the armor heading up into space and not knowing what she's going to find when she gets up there. Like, yeah, that is a huge yikes moment that I think they're saving for us, maybe for the opening of the final chapter of the season. During that fight, also for another takeaway, we have the noble end of Paz Vizsla, who has been through a lot this season between, you know, dinosaur turtle attacks and having his son stolen by crazy raptor pterodactyls. 
I'll say I wish he'd done at least a little bit of damage to those Praetorian guards that showed up, but it doesn't seem like he really managed to get much done to them, and I guess this speaks to the fearsomeness of those Praetorian guards. And, you know, I got to thinking about this. Uh, well, I guess, you know, we'll probably talk about this more <laughs> in detail on tomorrow's episode, but who are these Praetorian guards? I don't think we've ever really found out anything about them at all, but I have theories, so yeah, we'll get to that eventually. And he'd already been in a fight previously in the episode when he took on Axe Woves. And yeah, that was a, an interesting thing. So that'll be our fifth takeaway situation because, you know, it's another one of those like too much Mandalorian blood has been shed, except maybe, you know, they are at a place where, you know, they can shed blood without killing each other necessarily. I don't know. When knives come out, I feel like somebody's going to get shanked and it is not going to be a good thing. And yes, there could actually be like, serious damage done and that's against what the armorer was saying she wanted it's against what Bo-Katan was saying she wanted but apparently they needed to have this out because the two rival factions were kind of vying for supremacy and certainly Bogotan made it clear that she was the supreme person against Axe Woes but I guess Axe was like well if I can't take you then I'll pick on the next guy and pause seems like a bad choice for that but yeah what are you gonna do so they had a, a pretty good knockdown drag out fight until our sixth takeaway with Grogu in the IG-88 ride situation so I gotta say this thing you know I mean this in the best way possible. This put me in mind of George Lucas in 1983 making up Ewoks because he was like, we're gonna sell a whole ton of merchandise around this and thinking of things in terms of like, yeah, we're gonna sell a bunch of stuff. So I just imagined somebody saying like, oh yeah, we'll turn IG-11 into IG-12 and we'll make him like a radio controlled thing that Grogu can operate and walk around on. And I swear to you, we are going to see that by Christmas this year <laughs> for sure. But it's so in the spirit of Lucas and creating stuff like that. There was no reason for them to make that thing, right? I mean, Grogu gets along fine in his pram and Mando got around fine in the minds of Mandalore without having the IG-11 husk with him yeah, in any way, shape, or form. So yeah, this is just a toy play <laughs> more than anything else. And I'm fine with it because, yeah, it's in the grand tradition of Star Wars in that regard. And even that moment where, like, he got between Axe and Paz and was like, no, with the two of them fighting and, and broke it up. Like, he could have done that with the Force while hanging out in his pram, too. So there were other options. But yeah, again, in the grand tradition of Star Wars, how fun that was. And him just walking along <laughs> the streets of Navarre going, yes, 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 over and over again. So very childlike. And the bad baby business from the Anzellan. Uh, that was definitely priceless comedy. And the last takeaway I want to note is just I really enjoyed Rick Famuyiwa's direction in this, especially the very Blade Runner-ish vibe of Coruscant at the beginning of the episode with Elliot Kane going to report to Moff Gideon. And that probe droid appearing out of the darkness was actually very menacing. So that was just to see that in the alleys of Coruscant was a trip. And that's what I've got on our seven takeaway breakdown for you of The Spies, which is chapter 23 of The Mandalorian. And that is going to do it for this episode of the podcast. So it just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it, as always. And may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be.
7577 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited, but their respective trademark and copyright holders may the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.